Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hello, chippery sister. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I've had so much sugar in the last like five minutes. Okay. I'm really sad because I wanted to make this cake for Johnny's birthday. And then I go to do this cake. I'm thinking it's going to like come out amazing. The Xbox logo, like I cut it out and then I cut it out in this like marshmallow fondant that I made for the very first time. And you know, like when you think something's going to look amazing in your head and then you (laughs) actually do it and then you have to look at it. (laughs) you nailed it you nailed it (laughs) you mentioned that's a show but it is a show the audience will get it (laughs) yeah I'm just like you're making fun of me even when I texted you you're like it looks great and I'm like you're you're lying I'm not lying because I think we see things worse than they are and I think for the first time you making your own fondant and creating this beautiful masterpiece for your husband that you love so much you did a great job I think it should have worked out perfectly the first time since I've never made fondant <laughs> or cut things freehand. But you're that's just me. You're super realistic. <laughs> I am. See how I tempered my expectations <laughs> and still ended up disappointed? It's crazy. It's crazy. Talking about disappointment. No, I'm joking. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not disappointed <laughs> about the show. I enjoy it. It's my escape. I love every second of it. Um, <laughs> So, where do you want to start? Oh, man. Do you want to start with something kind of... This note just made me laugh, and that's why I want to start here. Okay. I put... I need that. Yes. Yes. I put Charlotte Piñata, devil child. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, literally, <laughs> when I looked at her, I, I was like, first name, Helena's. Last name, granddaughter. Like, you're evil. <laughs> and, like, the thing that gets me is that Lulu talks to her like she's not evil when she really knows that she is. Like, that phone conversation she had with her about the party, it was clear that she didn't want to go. She doesn't like anybody there. She thinks she's sort of, like, above it all. She also yeah. thinks she has a say. <laughs> so there's Right? That. And, like, Lulu basically just thinks, oh, she's a normal kid who's coming to this party and we're doing this mother-daughter thing. And then even at the party, she's like, well, why don't you tell everyone how to use a pony and a horse or whatever the hell is happening here? And she's just so disinterested. And Lulu just, like, ignores that completely. Well, what made that part even more interesting, because I had to rewatch some of the parts, just because what Maxie was saying to Peter was so interesting. Like, she was comparing... Basically just saying how delusional Lulu is, how Valentine is very much like, um, Luke is very much like a Valentine, so the way she emulates her father, the way Charlotte emulates her dad. She said that, you know, Charlotte has a limitless credit card. Like, she is not a normal kid, no matter how much she wants to um, make it seem like she's like Rocco, she's not, and... I think this is going to be very eye-opening for her. I mean, it was for, what was it, last week? The whole situation with Nina and her tripping jacks. Like, it's just going to be worse and worse. It is. And it's just like, I just have to say, like, when I saw that scene of Maxie laying everything out about Lulu, like, I've never felt more validated in all my life listening right? to all of that. Because <laughs> it's like, we know these things. But this, this week, they ha- there's been no hesitation in holding back on really putting a focus on Lulu's volatility 
it was really interesting because in a way, like everything Maxie's saying, the way Lulu's behaving, like part of me is like, I don't even feel like she's amping it up to push the story. Lulu's just being Lulu, mm-hmm. but it's just interesting to me that it's just being called out. And hearing Maxie's whole theory about Luke, I was like, oh, yeah. Like I totally forgot about all of that. And not to mention the way Lulu reacted to, like, Maxie. I was just in shock. And, I mean, obviously that kind of highlights Lulu's um, fixation with Valentine. But in keeping with Maxie's, like, how she compares, she pulled Luke into the whole picture, into the comparison. Like, Mm -hmm. I was just thinking this. Like, you were criticizing and getting really upset about Maxie working with Valentine. And in my mind, I'm just wondering, on what planet would Luke be like, yeah, Lulu, go and work for Faison's son? exactly oh my god you read my mind so the thing is and Lulu had a lot of different interactions this week so yes she had that whole conversation with Maxie I love the way Maxie held her own and really took her time and all the patience in the world that she had to explain I am not best friends with Valentine. he is you know he's giving us the money to do our job and then there was the whole like oh what was that See, okay with Laura and Valentine. if I'm jumping all over the place reel me back in Okay. okay, okay, before we go to Valentine real quick, can I just say what struck me a lot in that conversation with Lulu and Maxie? It was it was when she just was like, um, when she urged Maxie about not working for him, mm-hmm. that really was like, what planet are you living on? Did you register that you both are grown women? Like for me, I just kept thinking from one mother to another, from one provider to another. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, Maxie might be dating Peter, but she is the sole provider to her children, as is Lulu right now. So how do you demand an individual that is not physically attached to you, like is a separate human person, to leave their job because you don't like who she's working with? Like that was beyond. But again, that is Lulu though. It's not out of the realm of her, her character, but I just don't think she understood how that's perceived. Like to her, that's a normal request. But to grown-ups, it's just like, what are you thinking? Like, that's what she doesn't understand. No, and you make a really valid point to what I was going to jump into next. Because all of these kind of heightened Lulu emotional outbursts, I mean, for crying out loud, Valentine made Laura look at Lulu differently. Yes! Oh my gosh, when he turned around, all I, like, I just saw it right there. He's like, you see what I'm talking about? Like, you and I are sitting here, and she's walking up, starting something. Yes. And talking about drinking, like how she, how she, like, it just blows my mind that she has no filter and she knows that they're going into a custody battle. Like, how are you not capable of like reining yourself in and being a grown up? Exactly what you said. Like she's lacking this gene right now, but I'm wondering what they're hyping it up to. Like what is going to be this like big ginormous thing that's going to happen? Is it the custody or is it something else? I mean, is it just basically losing Charlotte? I don't know. Like, um, something has got to give. Like, I just think her behavior can't be this for nothing. Like, she's already lost, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, Valentine caught her fight on video. She walked up and already started, like, a hostile confrontation. And Laura is there to be witness to that. She's talking Mm -hmm. about, oh, I need a drink. So she's really highlighting how impulsive and not really great at making decisions here my gosh she told Brooklyn let's take it outside like for round two or whatever oh my gosh I love that scene because like I loved how Dustin is so innocent he's looking at her like appalled like wait a minute you gave me a speech you apologize I thought this wasn't gonna happen anymore and here you are just continuing to be impulsive (laughs) (laughs) because he's an adult man you know what I mean not from Port Charles he's a normie so he's like oh she heard me 
and she gets it. But no, she's just going to do what she wants when she wants. And it's always been that way. It's always yep. been that way. She's not likely to bend for the people that she is with. Like she like practically ruined her marriage with Dante when he cheated on her. <laughs> I blame her <laughs> because she wouldn't tell him that she ran away with Dylan to save her dad because her dad, exactly. Her dad mm. said, don't tell him, don't tell your husband. And you did any, everything <laughs> that your father. <laughs> I need you. more. I need more of that accent. Do you? <laughs> And she listened and she ran away with Dylan and gave Dante the impression that she ran off with him and had an affair because her daddy asked her to. Like, she is messed up. She even, like, went and stripped at a brothel to look for her daddy. I was going to bring that up, but I was so, like, feeling icky inside. I don't even (laughs) want to talk about it because those were, like, my worst memories of Lulu where I was like, she is sick in the head. Sick in the head. Like, I don't understand. Like, she is so desperate for his love and attention. But, yeah, that's the whole thing also about this custody case is that... You know, even Laura sort of referenced Charlotte like a child. Like, she's a child. You know what I mean? Like, being so flippant (laughs) about the idea of removing her father from her life. Like, I'm just like, really, Laura? Oh, she's a child. She'll get over it. (laughs) She'll do. And and we talk about how Charlotte is a lot more mature than an average kid. And again, going back to Lulu, treating her like a kid and just being so out of touch with her. And I'm just thinking, like, you get that she's like old enough for a judge to, you know, directly ask her a question, you know, a social worker might actually ask her about her thoughts. Like you understand that she has a say too. And so what happens if Charlotte talks about how much she loves her father and they see how that bond is so important to her. It's not going to go the way Lulu wants it to go. That's for sure. Again, her daughter loves her father, no matter what you think of him. And, you know, it was really interesting because for the first time, like I was like before even Maxie brought it up, I was starting to kind of see how she appeared really immature to Valentine. And when Maxie was just highlighting, you know, what it was like for her to watch Lulu. So that means all this time she thought Lulu was just being completely irrational when it came to Valentine and Nina and having Mm -hmm. like to hear both sides of it. It was just really, really interesting hearing Maxie's take on their whole dynamic. And the fact that she even used very strong words by saying Valentine would do anything for Charlotte, including playing nice with Lulu. I know. That was crazy. I couldn't believe she said that. And did you notice how, like, they're highlighting her volatility, but also for the first time? Because remember we talked about this? Like, we say Valentine loves Charlotte and he is amazing to Charlotte. But we said, you know, he's not like other parents on the show where they're like parent other people's kids or kind to other people's kids. Like, remember when there was that hospital interaction and Rocco spoke and Valentine wasn't all that nice? Yes. And I we're know. like, is he nice to other people's kids? And then for the first time this week, we saw Valentine become not just Charlotte's father, but a father in the way he was talking to Nell about Wiley and actually showing concern for Wiley and threatening her that she better treat Wiley right because it's Nina's grandson (gasps) okay whoa so you think that he knows that Nell is the real daughter and hired Sasha to cover that up and is now protecting Wiley because of it I literally just thought that right now I was (laughs) like this whole thing I I was getting at (laughs) like I have goosebumps like I gave myself goosebumps (laughs) 
<laughs> but I was literally only going to make the point that, oh, look at him. Like they're, they're amping him up as a father. That's all. Because I, this is the first time I've heard him be concerned about any other ch- child that's not his own. Even when Sasha, like, you know, was sick in the hospital, he was always like, come on, you know, let's leave her here in the hospital and go hang out at home. <laughs> like, he didn't, he didn't, like he does not care about any kid that's not his. So, so true. Oh my God. But, major, yeah. major insight there. Good job. And he's also talking about how much he doesn't like now, you know? So that could, mm-hmm. like, he, all he's saying, you know, like, I despise you, I don't like you. So he might have made a judgment on her character and protecting Nina from that. Well, that's what I'm starting to think now that you brought that theory to, <laughs> to I am mind. also starting to think that now that I have said it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to admit, like, the first interaction with Nell, and, well, not the first, but, like, the interaction this week, I didn't really know what Nell wanted. Like, I couldn't tell if she wanted a friend, if she was flirting with him, if she was asking for, like, legal advice. Like, I didn't know what was going on. Well, remember, like, back in the day, like, when she won the court case? Yes. Um, like, when all the charges were dropped, she was, like, she basically was offering to, like, hook up with him. Oh, right, right, right. So I wasn't <laughs> sure if she's looking to appear stable by being married to him. One, for the money, and two, for just the stability. Two, for the show. <laughs> yes. I was like, why is what I'm saying sounding super familiar? Like, why do I want to say show? And I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. I don't understand. But sort of, yeah, that's exactly it for the show that she is putting on for the, for the court. Yes, I get it. All right. <laughs> that's all. So, um, yeah, so I was wondering that about what she was doing, if she was trying to get him to be Wiley's daddy. I think she was. Whoa. <laughs> This is creepy on so many levels. That's why I pause because it's like he was with Nina and he, you know, he knows that it's just, it's making my head hurt. Well, it's probably why he turned her down. Also that he doesn't like her and she's blackmailed him in the past and he's not stupid, you know, when it comes to like knowing somebody's character. But about now, like I, you know, I know that they're making it look this way, but ever since you kind of brought it up, I was super reluctant at the idea of now also being Nina's daughter because I, I really can't give up on this concept that Willow isn't based mm-hmm. on like the history that they've already cultivated with the two of them yes but we have some other people that were just providing some other theories on the necklace so for the time being that's what it looks like she has the necklace she's the long lost daughter not to mention nina like slowly coming around to to nell as we saw this week but tony Bay bear and a conversation i had with mary to you both suggested that nell may not be her daughter but came mm-hmm. across the necklace. So Tony Bay Bear mentioned something like Nell and Willow knew each other back in the day and then stole the necklace. Okay. Mm-hmm. One theory. And then the other from Married to You sort of just said that um, Nell only was given half the necklace because Benson got it with Nina's baby girl when he sold her to Harmony as baby Willow. <gasps> Interesting. Very interesting. I like all of these theories because in my mind, I was thinking Frank is super sketch. He said, I forget what what, um, Carly's name, Carly's mother's name was. Virginia. Virginia. Okay. So he's like, Virginia really wanted a baby. So I got her a baby. So we know Mm -hmm. he's not on the up and up. And exactly that. He could have either swiped the necklace, got it as a trade, and then eventually gifted it to Nell. But we don't really know if it's just Nell or Nell and Willow or maybe just Willow. Like we... It's very, like, up in the air right now. Because that's the thing. I think 100% Willow is her daughter. Yes. But I've grown to like this idea of 
Nell and Willow being sisters, particularly this week. Like when I saw Michael kind of pleading again with Willow about getting married and laying out, mm-hmm. like, you know, all the reasons and stuff. In my head, I was thinking, wow, okay, like the thi- this whole thing with Michael interests me a lot because I remember when AJ came back and I remember the conversation that eventually he had with when Jason returned. So Jason, Carly, Sonny, he actually asked them, what was the whole story with AJ? Why did things go down the way that they did? Because that was a huge thing when AJ came back because he was like, they took you from me. Mm-hmm. And Michael, all his life was sort of on their side. But when AJ came back, he wanted a relationship with him. And it was almost like he didn't know if he could kind of understand, you know, why his parents did what they did, why Sonny and Carly did what they did. But it's from, so knowing that and watching him now, I feel like, well, here you are. You, you're in Jason and Carly's shoes right now. You are trying to take a child away from their parent and basically asking somebody else to raise them. Like, here you are doing it. And the reason why I also just strongly think they're sisters is that in this context, you know, Willow, I feel, could be the Jason and Nella's AJ. Because if you're going to take someone's child, it might as well be your sister's. It's just more interesting that way. Oh, my God. When you put it that way, it's absolutely mind-blowing. Because, And we spoke also last week about, you know, maybe Nell having a reset, maybe taking a turn, finding out that Willow's her sister, that she has people for her, good people. Because she's used to being around people who either want something from her, and that's love, where Willow's, like, is pure as snow. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting because I think it's going to take a lot for Willow to and her to get to this place where Willow's even even willing to give her a shot because Willow might be nice, but she's also mm-hmm. not a pushover. And I guess for me, that's what I would like to see because they like hate each other. You know what I mean? Like they're really yes. like on opposite sides and there's a kid involved. So for me, having both of them at some point in time, find out that they're family. Like I want to see how that unfolds. That's beautiful. And especially the contrasters that like with her, um, Willow being Jason and now being AJ, like, Oh my God. And, it was really interesting that Chase was even on board with this whole thing, but Willow's yeah. the only one that still thinks it's okay that Michael can be the superhero that he always is without well, her. Well, that's because Michael kind of made it seem like there was another option, but I do think there's a like it's going to make a huge impact that like Chase is suggesting it because I think that she needs the push from him to do it. I think she wants to, and I liked I kind of like the the way Chase put it. I mean, I don't want to call it an ultimatum, but I liked mm-hmm. what he said. You know, if you want to be in Wiley's life, then you do what you got to do to, like, get that say that you want and marry Michael and really be his mother. Or you let Michael handle it all together and you walk away. Because he is sort of highlighting she's in this in-between area. So I, she's struggling with, do I be his mother, basically? Because she knows that she's not. So he's kind of telling her, it's okay. You want to be his mom? Go all in. And I like that. And I think that was the contrast that she needed to see for exactly that reason. Like when they're at the hospital, she was even wavering on like going to say goodnight to Wiley, who's in the hospital. And Chase is like, go. And she's like, you're not going to think I'm crazy? I thought that was an interesting interaction for her to even say it and present it to Chase in that way. I did think it was interesting. I guess I I was more paying attention to watching Chase, Chase shift. Like, in those interactions with her, I was watching him realize this is a really big deal, and I love her, and I think I'm going to have to let her go. Like, that's what I was paying attention to, that realization hitting him. Oh, yeah, and he was so good at it, and I, I kind of knew the next thing he was going to do was message Sasha. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, like, wondering what's going to happen with them, you know, after, because 
Michael laid it out. And I, I also liked how Sasha sees things, you know, when she says, you know, Michael is more calculating than Willow is, not in a bad way. Like, I just love her read on people and I love hearing it vocalized. So true. Like everything that her. she, yeah, like everything that she observes. Sasha kind of understands that I'm like, okay, so she understands that she won't be able to be with Michael. I get the vibe that both Chase and Sasha understand that, like, you are letting go, like, you are letting go of this relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, does everyone know what that means? You know, does, is this does this mean waiting? Are you going to be dating other people? Like, I just feel like they haven't fully processed all of that. I, you know, I kind of mentioned it last week, and I was having like a quick chat with Smalls one one five six underscore Sarah on Instagram, and we were kind of just having a chat, and I was just mentioning that I would like to kind of see Chase with Sam. Like, the more I was talking to her, I was just thinking that. It would just be really interesting because I feel like Chase always is flirting with this wild side that he doesn't have, that he mm-hmm. might want a taste of. And I just think that being with someone like Sam, like how she made Dr. Drake super fun taking him on all these missions, <laughs> I just think that she could, you know, bring out his wild side and he can kind of, you know, keep her on the straight and narrow. Like when give you her some st- stability. I really like that idea. Just the way you described it and the way they would complement each other's personalities and characters. But when you say bring out Chase as a wild side, I picture like Sam gifting him like a leather jacket and then him hopping on his bicycle to go to work. (laughs) Oh my God, that would be so creepy. He does not need a Jason makeover. Um, But that's the thing too. Like we don't even know what his wild side really is. It's just like, I think intuitively you kind of would see okay, well, if this all goes the way it's going to go, we'll see a Sasha and Chase hookup. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know if it'll be that simple or maybe the, they might stay friends. I like them in the friend zone. I think that <clears throat> there might be a little bit of light flirting just because they're comfortable with each other so they can, like, be that way and it don't mean anything. I think but- so. I agree. I, I kind of want them to stay in the friend zone and kind of maybe be there for each other as they might flirt with the idea of dating or support each other. Yes, exactly. And Sasha's so focused on her company anyway. She's in a better position than Chase. Like, she's growing and he's a little bit stagnant and he was just looking for the next step in terms of his personal career. Um, His personal life, life, sorry. (laughs) And (laughs) Sasha's looking to grow her career and grow this empire. Okay, when you say that, I'm like, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Because she does have a lot going on for herself because if she didn't, to be honest, like... I don't really know who she'd be with. (laughs) Right? You know? So I I like what you're saying. And I do think that they are positioning her to kind of really go full throttle with all of her, like, adventures with Maxie and with Lucy. Yes, because I'd love to see the focus, like, shift a little bit from the story where, like, okay, there's Willow and Michael and that whole Wiley story. But then there's also the development of Sasha and the actual magazine. Like, I want to see Maxie at work. I want to see the photo shoots and the blunders with Lucy and her being all, like, all over the place as she is and how that dynamic is going to work and Valentine bringing them coffee in the morning. Like, I want to see a little bit of that. I do. Like, I think that's the thing. Like, you know, Valentine is just seeming more and more fun. You know, like, I kind of want to see him a little bit more now. Like, I don't know. Maybe I do like him better away from Nina. Because with Nina, he was obsessive and pathetic. And maybe I'll like him, like, a little bit better in this circle. Like, I already do like him more now. Okay, question, though, which I forgot to bring up earlier. Why was he lurking at the Metro Court? Like, yes, he had a conversation now, but he was kind of, like, lurking. It was weird. Because I couldn't tell which group he was spying on. Because Maxie walked away with the whole Lulu thing. But then you also have um, 
Sasha and Chase plotting about Wiley. So that kind of makes me think, was he focused on Wiley's situation? Well, that's the thing, though. It's throwing me off because of what you, your theory you just threw out there. Exactly. Like, okay. It's throwing me off, too. <laughs> Because like, what is like um, vid- I'm using my videographic memory and I'm going back to that scene and seeing it in a different way. <laughs> because honestly, when I was looking at that scene, I was like, what angle he's looking at? Like, I really don't know what he's looking at. And even the whole Maxi Lulu thing. And I'm like, that's so irrelevant. You know, you have way more dirt on Lulu. You have that video. Like, what would you need this information for? So I really do think he was more focused on the Wiley stuff than Lulu and Maxi. Interesting. All right. Noted. So, yeah. So I think maybe he did succeed in finding Nina's daughter after all, or at least one of them. Holy moly. Okay. So real fast, like Jax and Nina, like what did you think with their interaction? We have Nina really going in that Nell spiral. It's funny because Carly also had the Nell spiral, all, all kind of questioning, am I as bad as she is? Am I as rotten <laughs> as she is? Um, and then all that stuff, she kind of threw at Jax. Well, I found it very interesting because they both had valid points. Yes, there is a comparison, but also Nina was willing to admit her wrongs and yeah. make herself better and seek help for it. Whereas, and there are, you know, the thing is, she had that flashback to our conversation with Valentine about shades of gray. And Jax is kind of black and white. Like, I never really saw it that way. Like, I know Valentine said that and it kind of just, like, I put it in the back of my head, filed it away. But Jax is very black and white. Like, she had the perfect line. She's like, I think you see what you want to see in me. Okay. I admit he's very much that, like, damsel in distress kind of guy. Like, mm-hmm. he likes to really, like, care for a woman. When he thinks, like, she needs a little remodeling or whatnot. <laughs> but I just find it bizarre because I do think he has that weird way when it comes to a woman. Like, how can I help you? Or you're amazing. Like, I think he is definitely putting her on a pedestal. But I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this whole black and white thing because the guy admits that he bought a kidney on the black market. True. You know, like he Very does live true. in the shades of gray. So I do think he can understand gray. Again, he was with Carly and he does know everything that she's done. And I do think it's valid of him to point out, but you own all of that. Do you plan on ripping a child from someone else's womb tomorrow? Like, I also think that she's not giving herself enough credit to realize, yes, you might have had like an incredible array of gray in your past and you might still do but you're also drastically far away from that person you keep describing that's a very good point okay switching sides (laughs) but no but I do agree I do agree that being a woman dating Jax I can see how she would feel like he's putting that he's putting her up on a pedestal because he has his own narrative you know that like this woman who was dating Valentine and she's no longer with him and he was bringing her down and I have to help her see all like the fun side of life. I can understand that he may have a certain narrative of her because he did kind of win her over, you know, and took her away from Valentine. And then they danced in the office, which I thought was so cute. Oh, okay. (laughs) So cute. I loved it. Loved every second of it. (laughs) Oh my. I never Um, okay, so can I complain about Anna for a little bit? I wrote, oh, because you know how yep. call, like, Finn and Anna, Santa? <laughs> sure. Okay, well, people do. <laughs> but our chance is wrong. I, like, wrote on my notes, Panna. I'm like, who the hell is Panna? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Peter and Anna. <laughs> okay, so, what was up with, like, Anna trying to be all, Peter, you are my son, and 
if you want to have conversations about your father, have them with me. Do not talk to your sister who also knows your father. Like, what was that about? <sighs> it's just, it gets weirder and weirder and the overly excited way she acts when she sees Robert in the same room with Peter and Finn in the same room. With, like, I, I can't handle it. So here's the thing about Anna. I think that she's concerned about Brit for the fact that she works so hard in covering things up for Peter. Peter and Robin's relationship is very kind of surface. They don't have commonality except for Anna. And it's going to be very like, how's it going? I like your kids. Blah, blah, blah. With Brit, they share an evil father. I think she's worried that Peter might slip or that Brit might hold something over him or Brit might figure something out. So he doesn't want them to be as close as they already are, which she was so surprised to find out. And she's worried. She's just worried that everything she did was for nothing. I like that. I like that a lot. Because uh, I, I, <laughs> I was wondering. No, because I like that you're pointing out that she does know and she's desperate and she's covering her tracks. But this is her acknowledging what she did. You know what I mean? Like it's an acknowledgement of, of what she did. And that's the thing. I have zero problem with her covering up for Peter. What I don't like is her not owning her little mission here. Like, I would have much preferred, like, a more explicit, like, I'm going to do this and have some confidence about it. A bunch of people in that town do horrible things and their loved ones stand by them. So I just don't like the way she is being so lying to herself about it. It's like, if you want to choose to do it, choose it and go all in. And stop trying to beg everyone to see things from your perspective because that's not really good plotting. Plot so that people have no choice but to see it your way. Well, it's showing the side of Anna that we both don't like. We like a stronger no. Anna. Uh, Anna, well, I've been watching too much Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it. I, I can tell. <laughs> well, it, it kind of like... I'm sorry. <laughs> I watch too much General Hospital because when I read them Frozen books, I'm like, Anna, Anna. I'm like, right, Anna, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> no, what you're saying just made me think of her interaction with Jason. So Jason's coming over there being a grown-up and saying hey you know this totally crazy dude is out of prison and like watch your back she's like what makes you think i need you like oh she my did gosh. not need to go there like i just wanted to shake her like the dude's coming to like she's being a teenager you. right like don't oh. be a charlotte don't be a charlotte you know what that means don't be a charlotte yes, um, yes. <laughs> and like and the look she gave him like thanks or like <laughs> or like why why would I give you that information about the WSB? Because you have no code and you share information constantly. You leave it on your desk at home. What do you mean, why? Right? I couldn't oh. get that. It's like, there is no rules. Like, the police don't have confidentiality. Lawyers don't. So the WSB does? <laughs> yeah, like, you've worked together on plenty of things. Like, yeah, it just bugs me because she's a little less professional. I get that he's her son. But like I said, just sort of hold your own. Like, like Valentine, Obrecht, all those people, they do horrible things. Um, not in this case for Dr. Obrett, and oh. then they sort of go free. But you don't see them crying every time somebody throws the evidence in their face and suspects otherwise. They're just like, yeah, whatevs, I'm free. So that's <laughs> why it just bugs me how she's like, but the evidence, please stop, don't investigate me. Like, do you see anybody else crying about that when they're lying or when they get away with things? Like, just suck it up, like, at this point. And another thing that kind of, like, that bugged me a little bit that I felt like, just did not need to be said was they were talking about Brit, Peter, and Anna. Anna says something like, oh, well, now Brit finally sees her mother for, like, what she really is. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, Brit has never had blinders about who her parents were. And, like, why would you go there? You know what I mean? I, like, mm -hmm. Brit, Brit is not going to apologize to anybody 
for her relationship with her mom. And at the end of the day, of course she cares about a mother. It's a messed up relationship. So I was just kind of really put off by that comment. I was too, but I was, I was a little bit thrown off because Peter's like, she moved to Boston. I'm like, what the heck just happened? Yeah, I know. My heart like shattered when I heard that. Um, I was just like, seriously, she didn't even get like an elevator shaft, her own scene. She just got like a Peter mention. I, um, where's the petition? I want to sign it. I need Britt back. Well, she did put something on her, like, social media accounts. It was something to the effect of, like, she just hadn't filmed anything. Like, uh, she just hasn't filmed more. So that's what okay. she said. And she said she, she just doesn't know. Like, right now, I think she is, she's doing something for Days of Our Lives. She said she's not on contract anywhere. She's kind of just going where the work is. But, like, because, like, I mean, they could have just not showed her. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, she gets a job at the hospital. She's reinstated. And then, like, a couple days later, she's not there. Like, I didn't, like, I mean, look. The actress made a statement, so you're like, okay, maybe maybe they'll write her back in. Who knows? But then mm-hmm. on a story level, like, you did write it. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what's ahead, I, I think. And so part of me was just sort of wondering, like, is this some kind of, like, weird plot thing? Like, is Britt believing her mom? Is she investigating something? Um, Britt also seemed to be in her own trouble. Like, she was a little bit, like, um, edgy. You know, like, when she was talking to Brad about, like, her past, like, she had her own things going on. She had to put her life back together. So, I mean, I just wondered if maybe it was the mystery and part of her story. Like, she wasn't actually gone. Or that's my just denial of the whole thing. Okay. Denial, too, but a totally off-the-wall theory. Do you think that Cyrus Renault being released from jail and her departure has any connection? Oh. I was worried that, like, maybe Peter did something to her, but I don't think so. They seem to like each other, but it scares me a lot. Oh, that scares me a lot. Do you think she works for him? Because we know he's not the reason she got out of jail. Like, we know that. We know that much. We also know that he finds a way to get people roped into things they don't want to do based on, like, threatening their loved ones. Hmm. I mean, the, the only upside to this is that when Obrit gets out, she has no problem going after someone like Cyrus Renault. Like, she doesn't have any fear. Like, I'm just, like, it's just insane. Like, part of me is like, Sunny, let's just solve your problems. Because, like, I just don't see Oprah like everyone else. I think she would just be like, let me at him. <laughs> like, so I don't true. care. Like, today's episode, like, I was just like, what is happening? Because, like, Jason tells them, I got a call from Cyrus. And, the like, one of the first things Sunny was, like, mentioning, I'm like, I don't know if he was joking or mm-hmm. he forgot how the mob works or <laughs> forgot everything Cyrus Renault did. But he's like, do you think he wants peace? really i know okay so you were okay so you were as confused maybe as i was because then he was talking about how like jordan's under his thumb but tj is safe what more can he threaten her with i thought the whole point was was for sunny and jason to take him out so all of this would not happen that's what i thought and then when sunny was like yeah the long game (laughs) like he's like repeated (laughs) something jason said i'm like yeah in the long run does he have a long run? Like, I'm confused. Like, again, like you, I thought, aren't you going to kill him yet? Okay, so right? does he think, does he think, like, the PCPD is watching Port Charles, so he needs to speak in code when we're watching? No, I don't, I don't even know. All I know is when Jason, like, kind of mentioned that he got a call from Cyrus Renault, pardon my, pardon me, like, my heart sank because I was just worried, oh no. Like, I don't know why, but I just got, like, scared that they were messing with the pace of the story. Cause like, you know, there's a mob story. It's scary. And I was just like, are we going to end the mob war over this? Like off the screen phone call, because that would be really bad. 
And then the other part of me was like, maybe he wants to have like a social distancing conversation. Let's murder <laughs> from six feet apart. <laughs> to get him six feet under. Let's be safe. Let's be safe <laughs> about this whole thing. So yeah, I was I was actually kind of scared about like the pacing of this whole thing. I don't know. Maybe that's me just being paranoid. I don't know. Um, I'm like, so now he's calling. <laughs> he's not shooting you. He's not attacking your family. He's just calling you. All right, whatever. He's like, hey, dude, what's up? Let's talk mob. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what's going on. With that. And I love how Jason had to point out everything that could go wrong in a meeting. He could ambush you. He did ambush your family before. Remember how they all almost died? <laughs> Do you recall? <laughs> Remember when they were shooting at us and I saved our lives? <laughs> Well, apparently Sonny's having a lot of problems, not just remembering how the mob works and Jason has to give him a recap of life, but I thought he was totally going to forget Carly's name when he was talking to Nicholas. Oh my god, you're not the only one to, to say that. Cinnamon <laughs> Deb had mentioned that on Twitter. Oh, yay! And, and I was like, I have to go back and catch that. Um, to be honest, I was a little checked out on their scene because I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we know Nicholas is bad and I was just like are you actually telling him to stay away from pause 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 Carly and Spencer like he was like just dragging it out it's like get your lines up get your lines up but then I'm like you're really gonna threaten him to stay away from Spencer I can understand the anger you feel I think anybody who speaks to Spencer like cannot help but feel for him and it broke my heart to hear you know Spencer reaching out to have a fatherly figure that there's somebody that he says goodnight to every night, somebody that calls every night. I was like, Sonny, you can't give that kind of call every night. <laughs> Doesn't have to be reaching out to you. But I mean, look, they have a beautiful relationship. But I'm just saying, really, you're gonna threaten Nicholas with that? I didn't think it was necessary. I think with the way the direction the conversation was going, and Sonny just saying that I was there for your son. He calls me every night. Like, that's enough of a dagger that's in Nicholas's heart that he didn't need to up it. Like, it was so pointless. Like, he was just exerting his power because he could because Nicholas is so bleh. Yeah, he's like, uh, well, like today when Ava was saying, like, pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> that was the word. The sound I made equaled pathetic. <laughs> I love was about to explain, you know, she was saying he was lonely. And I'm like, no, he's just sad and pathetic. <laughs> and nobody's happy to see him you know like yeah his life sucks right now he thought it would be great to be alive again and it turns out he really <laughs> it's a great day to go back into hiding <laughs> oh my gosh so can we talk about this like epic party I, I just have to say this like I totally get Maxie when she was like oh man I'm too I'm so scared to like plan James's party it's like that's like a real thing <laughs> like, that's a real thing like I loved even more the mix of people that came to this party I know and I thought about you and I wish we could have watched it together like in a together you could have <laughs> you know like if you reached out you could have pressed play together right it. because I kept oh, thinking about you the whole can't talk Right, can't exactly. Talk about it. Oh, okay, yeah. So then it would have been weird, like silently, awkwardly watching <laughs> when we know we have plenty of shit to say. And we can't exactly. Say it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It sucks. Okay. We can never watch same, together. At the same time, I was thinking about you, and like we always say, how we love the characters, kind of intermingling, having these different interactions. But once again, like one of my favorite parts was like Ava with Franco, Ava with Elizabeth. We could break that down after, but she was to me. A highlight for that I love like I Olivia know. Robert I love <laughs> like there was just 
oh my god so where do you even want to start with like the party intermingling i want to make fun of you so um, oh ava, because no because when i saw ava scenes in my head i'm like is ava gonna get a gold star this week <laughs> like, you have this arbitrary rating system that it's like a star a thumbs, thumbs up. up or whatever but every week it's ava <laughs> every week. and even the story i did i'm like this one's normal i love ava too <laughs> watching Ava interact with children. It's amazing. Oh my god. Like she's, she's obviously like extra super sweet with Avery, her own daughter, but like watching her interact with Charlotte, I just love it because she can take on anybody. She's like, well, you know, it's not your house. I'm like, <laughs> you don't live there anymore. <laughs> and that's why I got the snake in the purse. <laughs> Honestly, I thought that little kid was targeting Avery when, because I thought it was in the pinata. Me too. Honestly, like, that's why I'm weirded out. I'm like, did the snake leave and go into the purse? Or is Charlotte just, like, a whack job? Like, what's going on right now? Because I thought the same thing. Because, like, then why are you obsessed with a pinata? <laughs> exactly. It's weird. <laughs> did she just really like pinatas? <laughs> like, if the snake's not in there. Oh, my gosh. She's <laughs> like, wow. Like, she was even carrying it around. And Finn's like, I love him. Like, the dirty part. Because it's like, he's not a kid person. He's his kid person. So it's like he sees this other kid touching his child's pinata. And he's like, okay, I don't like you, but don't touch it and put it down. And he's trying to, like, put a smile on his face. But yeah, so I don't know if she had a change of heart, but I wanted to like jump into the TV when she's like, Avery, do you want to go? And I'm like, really? Because I thought you were genuinely getting along with Avery, but with psychopaths, you can't really tell when they're being like genuine. True. So I don't know. Like I thought, okay, fine. Maybe she's going to be mad at Ava, not Avery, but I don't know. But I just think she's a uh, cray. Totally crazy. And then the interaction with like Ava and Elizabeth, that they had like a normal conversation. They did. I was worried that it would take a turn. And I liked, I like that Elizabeth is her. You know what I mean? Like I liked her and her little scenes with like Finn. I liked, I liked her when she was talking to Ava, but like when oh, Ava yeah. was just talking about like being really vulnerable about like her and Nicholas not being in the place she thought it would be. Because yeah, maybe it is a sham marriage, but the point is Ava did think at one point that they were a good match. But I really thought when Elizabeth typed in, she was going to say something like, you're not. And then she just said, like, you're an extrovert. But I thought she was going to be like, you're not me. That's why you're having problems. You're not this. <laughs> so when you use that voice, it makes me think of Ava and Lulu together. <laughs> Because Ava's all like, oh my gosh, so you're thinking the same thing as me. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I love how Ava like knows how ridiculous she's being. And she knows she's not right when she guesses. <laughs> For her to like respond to Lulu. But she's just like, I don't care. I just need to get this in this party. I thought that was really funny. It was so cute. Um, wait, who else was? Oh my god. Okay. That Olivia... Robert moment like were they gonna mm -hmm. make out like what was mm -hmm. happening there there was a lot mm -hmm. happening that wasn't happening but happening mm -hmm. her husband wasn't around <laughs> and I was just like what I loved about that scene I'm like this is the first scene they have not talked about Dante she's not depressed she's not asking for anything it's the first time Robert is asking her for something and they just had their little uh, deal going on you know their little understanding that she would cover for him 
Mm-hmm. Keeping so, the first secret, my friend. The first secret. And I, I, I loved it. They have such chemistry. <laughs> She's flirting with him. Like, it's just very cute. It's super, super cute. And I like Robert basically just having, like, you know, other allies and other people to interact with other than Anna. But what I thought was super interesting to have at a kid's birthday party, especially in the daytime, is villain lighting. Because when Peter busts out of wherever that doorway leads to, they just, like, had a scene with this villain lighting, just lighting him up. And I was like, wow. And it's light out. That's cool. That's super cool. So he had to leave for work, but obviously he has a plot to harm Robert. And as a spy, when you're about to get caught, apparently you stand there and stare at the doorknob. And if... Because you you know how kids cover their eyes and think they're invisible? (laughs) I was watching that. I'm like, because he was looking at, like, where he can go. And I'm like, you should go to there. Like, where your eye is going, you should go. But instead, he's, like, looking back. He's like, it's still turning right to left, right to left. I'm like, does Peter not know how to use the doorknob? Oh, my God. He turns one way. Like, (laughs) Oh, that was awesome. Oh. Uh, doorknobs. <laughs> they, they're so much trouble. <laughs> oh my god, even more funny than that. Because, okay, look, there, there's a difference, there's a complete difference between the flashbacks you use to tell Nell and Carly's story of the past mm-hmm. than what the hell is going on now. I know. Today I was like, wait a sec. Today I was um, so confused. When Anna was talking to Finn, yes, I was okay. like, okay, they went on for like the whole half the episode was like, and I was just like, oh, he's thinking about Hayden. He's thinking a lot about Hayden. He's thinking about every memory he's had with Hayden. He even had a memory of her writing a letter to him. I know. <laughs> it's like with Jason, the memory about Willow reading to him. <laughs> oh, it's man. like the second. It's like, you know, you have three-way calling. It's like the third. <laughs> Oh. Um, I'm not pretend I understand <laughs> really calling in terms of videographic memory. <laughs> we got another um, memory tapping in. Let's <laughs> connect. <laughs> oh my dumb dumb. Oh my gosh. Oh. But yeah, I was just like, poor Anna. Like, how long does she have to stare at you <laughs> thinking about all the times you were with and loving Hayden? Oh man. And fighting just... with her and then loving with her and then crying about her. It was amazing. It, <laughs> like, it was it was like, honestly amazing. Like, I mean, look, the flashbacks are long, but what I absolutely loved about that particular instance is the fact that he had the flashback in front of Anna's face for a very long time. I know. Like other people have been having them by themselves. Like Maxie was in the living room by herself, just deciding to have a recap of her entire existence with Peter. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I think like it's very kid's... telling but is it it's dark you're at a kid's birthday party you're like oh I remember that time I was at a grave and like Peter was standing for my shoulder no I mean for Finn I mean for Finn <laughs> <laughs> I mean um, for Finn to have yeah. that like flashback <laughs> in front of Anna like yeah he's oh yeah and they're supposed to get married like no no, no. you have a 25 never. minute fantasy <laughs> In day in broad daylight. But do you think she's coming? She has to come back. You can't think about her for that long, where we can see inside of your brain that she doesn't come back. <laughs> she has to come. I mean, we know. Like this is our wish. We want her to come back. We love their chemistry. We're not a huge fan of Anna, but yeah, like it's just too much. I I like Anna, but not like this. No, no, same. Did everyone have to scream? 
oh no every time a kid didn't pull the string like it was apparently like let's make this scene longer (laughs) (laughs) we're shut down for a few weeks oh no you didn't win either no but my favorite if we're just talking about flashbacks and lengthening the show chase had a flashback of yesterday Oh my gosh, like there was something I'm just like, this is soups recent. I'm gonna fast forward because I remember this. Like, it's, I don't mind it when I don't remember. Like, all of the Nell stuff, that was ages ago, and it did take me back to a different place. But, like, yes. none of the flashbacks today took me back anywhere because I was nope. like, I was there. So. <laughs> so, speaking of all this funny, I died. I died when Destin and uh, Brooklyn were alone. And then she tells him the whole story behind the scandal of her trying to sleep with Dante. And I love how she reminds him. And it's not like he slept with me. Like, it didn't work. It didn't work my mission. But when he found out and his reaction, I could literally just see the bubble over his head. So maybe Lulu is the worst. (laughs) But that's You even said earlier, like, he's a normie. He's just, like... He's this guy who's going through poor Charles thinking he can, like, live a normal life. And then you have Brooklyn in a matter of, like, less than a minute breaks down this crazy story yeah, that he, yeah. that's just, like, 5% of what actually happened. And his eyes just kept opening bigger and bigger. Yeah, that Lulu did that. Because the thing is, he knows all these people. Like, you're mentioning Michael, but it's like, he knows Jocelyn. He knows her whole family. Exactly. It, it was amazing to watch. And yeah. I love that they're going to be writing music together. I think it's going to be such great scenes. Okay, but Dustin used this opportunity because, like, when he was, like, calling her on her stuff, you realize he decided to, like, pick a part of the relationship with her. Oh, like, you didn't care about me. Why does that matter? I thought you were over it. I don't want you to be because this is super funny to me. But still. I was really surprised that that was the thing that he brought up to distinguish her being fake and real. Yeah, exactly. I think it's telling that how he twisted this whole conversation about who she is back to their relationship and not so much staying in the present because they were talking about Brooklyn and Lulu. He's still not over it. He's still not over how it ended. No, no, he's not. So this will be really uh, cathartic, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the two of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on what should have been an obvious note, Maxie, how do you not believe Obrecht when she swears <sighs> on Nathan's head? Like, we know that she would never swear on Nathan's head if she wasn't telling the truth. That was so incredibly frustrating. I mean, it's hard to see Maxie having the wool pulled over her eyes. I think I got it. <laughs> I love you guys, and you're like, is it though? Is the wool being pulled over her eyes? Is it cotton? Is it? Is it? Is it a? <laughs> in my ear <laughs> not my sister in my ear hole as you would say so let's continue <laughs> oh. oh man but yes it is so difficult to see Maxie being in that position because she's so strong we saw a great scene with her you know talking about Lulu this weekend standing up to Lulu and being her own person and taking her life into her hands and then you see her with Obrick and you're like why why don't you get it why aren't you listening to her it's so sad so the whole thing really frustrates me, but now that I've had a little bit of time to process, mm-hmm. like, I would like to think that this, like, we're, we're building up. 
and we're we're there. We're at the up, <laughs> like it has to be. <laughs> and I just think it has to be bad because I think it needs to be really bad because that will be the equivalent of her hate or anger toward Peter. <gasps> okay, okay. So you're saying that Obrick in the end will be there for her, be that person that she always knew would be in her life this um, dependable person and then all that anger is going to go straight to Peter and then they can like team up together. I think so. And I mean, I don't know if they're going to get a chance to team up. Like that's the thing with Maxie. I don't like, I don't know if anybody would work with her. I really think that everyone just is like tiptoeing around her and everybody is working in the background. And I kind of feel like, like Maxie will be reacting to the news. I don't think she'll be a part of the news. Because no, I don't see Maxie plotting revenge, especially on like a partner. Like that's not Maxie. Like she doesn't have the attention span for that. Like she's hurt. She's hurt, and she'll move on. Like she self destructs basically. You know, I don't think she's gonna. She, I don't think she intentionally wastes her time after the fact. No, you're you're absolutely right. And now that I'm thinking about it, well, it's like the whole Robert thing when that scene started, and the way Robert was talking to Obrick, I was heartbroken. So between. Robert and Maxie but then when he kind of alluded to the fact that there is actually a plan that's when I started to feel better so yeah even though all of this is going I agree Maxie's not going to be a part of this um she's going to have Obrecht's shoulder to lean on but there's something happening like we're getting close to something real happening now which is very exciting I mean look I hope Peter doesn't manage to harm Robert I that's know what it looks like mm-hmm. but if we're gonna talk about who would blow things up because in Robert's fantasies he talks about how Jason will get you kind of but in now that we are talking because look Jason's busy with the whole Cyrus Renault thing so it has to be Robert that takes him down it has to be it has to be Robert like he's the only person that can make this story come full circle because he's been with him all the time and he did like the fake nice thing like it's got to be him I, I want him to do it, then I want him to go to Anna and be like, in your face. And, and then Max is crying. Do. <laughs> yes, yes. Then Max is crying, be like, I told you so, I told you so, with like Violet fight. But I died when he brought in the didgeridoo. I remember him giving that one to Emma, like oh giving gosh. one to Emma on her birthday. So I thought that was hilarious when I saw him walk in with that. Aw, super cute tradition. I love that he's part of this extended family situation. Yeah, Violet's so cute. Mm hmm. I love her. Um, do you have a favorite line or scene or gold star to give out? <laughs> I have a gold star. Okay, my favorite scene was Valentine to Nell when he was super blunt, telling her, like, I empathize with any man trying to keep a baby away from you. I was just sort of taken aback from it, and I also enjoyed it, that line. Um, something about the whole Ulbrecht thing kind of struck me, because mm-hmm. the whole idea is that they're saying that she was part of the memory transfer all along. But Peter has admitted to also being part of the memory transfer. So I don't remember. Did they pretend to not know each other? Wouldn't that mean that her and Peter are like super, super acquainted if they worked on this project? Oh, my God. Seriously, that's a really great point. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. What's your favorite of the week? My favorite of the week is, well, you know that I love Ava. And I'm going to give her two thumbs up. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm going to give I'm going to give a star to the snake. (laughs) Another. But one of my favorite lines, it was super quick, though, and cute. It's just the way it was delivered. Valentine was like, uh, Laura, you hate me. She's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I love that. Love her. Well, have a lovely weekend. Enjoy that cake, my friend. Oh, whatever. It looks like crap, but it'll taste really good. Focus on that. <laughs>
Bye, everybody. Bye.